Chapter 15 Conviviality by Marco Derio Ivan Illich derives his idea of conviviality from Physiologie du goût ou méditation de gastronomie transcendante, an 1825 text by Jean Anthelme Briat Savarin. Illich's reflection nevertheless unfolds with complexity and moves far beyond a reminder of the importance of the social bond. To Illich, the word conviviality does not mean joy or light-heartedness. It refers to a society in which modern tools are used by everyone in an integrated and shared manner, without reliance on a body of specialists who control said instruments. Illich's reflections on conviviality come from an awareness that industrial growth forces us to recognize that there exist certain thresholds of well-being which cannot be crossed. As institutions related to medicine, education or economics grow beyond a certain point, the ends for which they were originally designed change. Institutions become a threat to society itself. For Illich, conviviality is the opposite of industrial productivity. In reality, the apparent freedom the growth of industrially produces, produced devices guarantees impoverishes humankind and limits possibility. In fact, industrial tools often introduce what Illich calls a radical monopoly. Monopoly does not refer here to alternatives within a specific category but to the fact that the supply of commodities or services produced industrially ends up depriving people of the freedom to produce goods on their own or to exchange and share what they need outside the market. As our needs are transformed into commodities, new commodities create new needs. See commodification. So the measure of well-being is not equivalent to a disproportionate increase in production but in a reasonable balance between goods and commodities, allowing a synergy between use value and exchange value. This line of reasoning distinguishes Illich's contribution from traditional ecological thought, which focuses primar primarily on the environmental effects of production. Even with more eco-efficient products, Illich points out, an affluent society generates through radical monopoly the paralysis of its people and eliminates their autonomy. This radical monopoly would accompany high-speed traffic even if motors were powered by sunshine and vehicles were spun of air. It's therefore in a social sense, not just an environmental one, that the instruments society has created prove inadequate in guaranteeing the sustainability of our society. Unfettered, unfettered, Industrialization produces tools that are seemingly indispensable, but which primarily devalue individual autonomy and force people to become increasingly dependent on commodities for which they have to work more and more. The result, argues Illich, is that the rate in growth of frustration exceeds the rate of production, resulting in a form of modernization of poverty. Convivial tools for Illich are a condition for the realization of autonomy understood as the power to control the use of resources and on the satisfaction of our own needs. 
One detects a connection here with the theme of alienation in Marx. But the alienation that Illich describes does not depend on the ownership of the means of production. It's not an issue of property or redistribution, but of the inherent logic embedded in that instrument. Certain tools are inherently destructive, maintains Illich, no matter who owns and uses them. According to Illich, some tools are designed to produce new demands and new forms of slavery so as to make an industrial society with an intensive market economy indispensable. On the other hand, the tool is convivial if it can be used and adapted with ease and for a purpose chosen by the individual and if it has the result of expanding freedom, autonomy and human creativity. Illich cites the motorway networks, aircrafts, open pit mines and the school as examples of tools that are not convivial. He cites the bicycle, sewing machine, telephone and radio as convivial tools. But the conviviality of other devices is more complicated. Consider, for example, the computer and the internet. Would they be con considered convivial according to Illich? In his work, Tools of Conviviality, 1973, Illich views the computer, information technologies, and more generally what can be called the digital civilization and cybernetics as controversial. In other essays too, the author wonders if the computer encourages disembodied thinking. He emphasizes his fear that humans may become more and more dependent on computers in order to talk and think. Just as, have, just as we have become dependent on cars. In the work Deschooling Society, 1973, Illich identifies computer networks and the ability to create connections between peer groups based on similar interests in the same city or even in distant lands as an alternative means of meeting, creating and having social relationships and learning when compared to traditional forms of standardized education. Illich, 1971. For this reason, Michael Slattery, see convivialtools.org, accessed 3 November 2013, who runs the site Convivial Tools, claims that Illich was a precursor of the digital revolution. He recalls how the computer engineer Lee Felsenstein, a designer of the Osborne One, the first industrially produced laptop, had read Illich's text and considered his computer a convivial tool. One could, consider, one could counter that con critical considerations of the change of the perception of speed, time and image and the value of face-to-face -face relationships hardly make Illich's position tantamount to that of the so-called network society enthusiasts. In any case, the discussion reveals the ways in which Illich's definition of the convivial demonstrates a degree of uncertainty and ambiguity. It's true that Illich expressly refers to the structure of the instrument and not to the structure of the character of the individual and the community. Yet, too rigid a separation between convivial and non-convivial tools risks losing sight of two cr crucial aspects of his argument. The first is that technical tools do not exist in a vacuum but rather are immersed in networks of social and gender relations. Illich seems to put the structure of the object first, or above the structure of relations. 
From one point of view, it's a certain structure of relations that led to the invention of the first firearms, car, jet, or the atomic bomb. On the other hand, in the structure of non-convivial relation, the use of any instrument, even a seemingly convivial one, will work against the autonomy and freedom of choice of man, women, and children. Any tool, therefore, fits into an ambit of social and gender relations and, to a certain extent, expresses the structure of these relationships. So the structure of social relations and the structure of the instrument are co-determined and developed in a circular and non-unidirectional fashion. From here, we arrive at the second consideration. Some tools, the internet probably among them, seem to fall into a grey area and demonstrate a certain degree of malleability and dynamism and depending on the context, can be tilted more towards their use value or their exchange value. To a certain extent, if the structure of relations can change, so too can the convivial or non-convivial character of an instrument. It's worth noting that Valentina Boromann, 1979, page 4, has expressed the need for a new discipline of research on convivial instruments and cultural, social and political conditions that could defend their use value. Illich points out in several places that there is no reason to ban from a convivial society any powerful tool or any form of centralized production. What matters is that the society ensures a balance between the instruments that it produces to meet the demands for which they were conceived and tools that will foster invention and personal fulfillment. Quote, Convivial reconstruction demands the disruption of the present monopoly of industry, but not the abolition of all industrial production. End of quote. Illich, 1975, page 88. The convivial society is not motionless or frozen. Quote, A changeless society would be as intolerable for people as the present society of constant change. Convivial reconstruction requires limits on the rate of change. End of quote. Illich, 1975, page 91. The transition to a post-industrial society is a potential opening toward a model of society in which the ways and means of production are diversified and favorable to personal initiative. While industrial production is standardized in the long run, convivial production encourages personal creativity and collaborative innovation. The transition from productivity to conviviality is, in some ways, the transition from economic scarcity to the spontaneity and extravagance of a gift economy. Without doubt, the contribution of Ivan Illich on conviviality has been a major source of inspiration for degrowth theorists, starting with Serge Latouche, 2010. From the perspective of degrowth, conviviality constitutes one of its core anthropological constructs. It represents faith in the possibility of space for relationships, recognition, pleasure and generally living well and thereby reduces the dependence on an industrial and consumerist system. However, Illich did not use the term degrowth. He believed that the inverse of a progressively modernized poverty was a form of modern existence which he called convivial austerity. This would be one of one process of political choice to safeguard the freedom and use of key convivial tools and is very close to what we now mean by the prospect of voluntary degrowth. 
let us call quote let us call the modern subsistence the style of life that prevails in a post industrial economy in which people have succeeded in reducing their market dependence and have done so by protecting by political means a social infrastructure in which techniques and tools are used primarily to generate use values that are unmeasured and unmeasurable by professional need makers end of quote illich 1978 page 52 references borman's v 1979 guide to convivial tools library journal special report page uh, issue 13 preface by ivan illich new york r r bauk company briya savaran j a 1825 Physiologie du goût ou méditation de gastronomie transcendante. Paris, A. Sotelet. Illich, 1971. Deschooling Society, New York, Harper and Row. Illich, 1973. Tools for Conviviality, Glasgow, Fontana Collins. Illich, 1978. The Right to Useful Unemployment, London, Marion Boyars. Illich, 1978, Toward a History of Needs, New York, Pantheon. Latouche S., 2010, Pour Sortir de la Société de Consommation, Voix et Vouille de la Décroissance. Paris, Les Liens de Libérant Éditions.